You're listening to Jumping the Wealth Curve with your host, Edward Bow. For most of my life, I've been riding and racing dirt bike motorcycles. So it was natural to say, jumping the wealth curve. I'm jumping something all the time on the dirt bike. When he's not on his bike, Ed is helping families retire successfully as a certified financial planner and five-star wealth manager at Smallwood Wealth Management. There isn't a one-size-fits-all solution for everything. So we're talking about finances and a financial plan. We need to stay flexible. Jumping the wealth curve is designed to help answer your retirement questions. And especially in today's world, everything is so stringent and everybody's so, ugh, let's just talk. Now, here's your host, Ed Bow. Well, hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for another Jumping the Curve podcast. I really appreciate you coming on today and listening to me talk a little bit. As you know, we've been, or maybe you don't know, we've been talking about retirement income. I know, I keep saying it's a, that's a mind blower, but it's so important, right? And you hear that over and over again. Why, why, why? So listen to my other two podcasts, you figure out why. But for today, you know, get just kind of circling back a little bit. We'll lead into what I want to talk to you today is, you know, we're going to talk about retirement planning and an end of the year planning. So when we were talking about retirement income, you know, have you mapped out your retirement income streams? And, you know, what's really important about mapping out the income streams is how does that really align with what your lifestyle is, right? Your lifestyle is basically the money that I need on a monthly basis to live in my retirement, to, to retirement I want. Understanding that's really getting that lifestyle real hammered out is really important because I can tell you from working with clients that we'll talk about what they need and they'll say, hey, I need, I need X. And we kind of build the plan out for X. And next thing you know, they really need Y. They'll tell us ten thousand dollars a month for retirement, and then they really meant twelve. Well, that's a twenty percent variation. That is a huge difference in the plan, right? And can the plan actually handle that? So, really mapping out those income streams and aligning that with the lifestyle. Again, this is not rocket science. This is just. But you'd be surprised how people think and how how we go about our daily lives. Sometimes we don't even think about it. So. Um, we're just kind of like, hey, that'll be enough. And that's not always the case. So when we're talking about this lifestyle number and getting to and, and really talking about the income streams, the income streams we're talking about are really guaranteed income streams, right? So what is a guaranteed income stream? Guaranteed income stream is like a pension or Social Security, something we know that is is going to be showing up in the mailbox every month, Okay. And um, do you have any other potential financial products in your plan that will even provide these kind of income sources? You, they will call them guaranteed income sources because you can, you, you can guarantee them. So if you do, those are included into that income stream calculation. So a great starting point is having your fixed expenses in your budget covered by these guaranteed income streams. So sources are or expenses are you know what's uh, my insurance on the car maybe what I, you can probably figure out what you're spending on gas on the car what's my food bill that month uh, you know what's my if I have a rent or a mortgage in retirement well what's that uh, so you can kind of see those those things that are kind of steady and you know you're gonna got to pay those you know then the variable ones of course is hey if I decide I want to eat out once a week or once a month or you know, maybe take a trip. Those are variable expenses, right? You don't need those to necessarily live. We'd like to do them, 
But the you know the, the the fixed expenses are I really need to make these payments and hard costs that I have to handle. So having about having fifty percent. Uh, let me back up. Really having your fixed expenses covered by guaranteed income sources is a great starting point. When it comes to the variable side, maybe we can you know use other sources of income distributions from accounts, et cetera, et cetera, to cover those expenses. And what's that? What's that percentage that I have to take? That's a you know, probably all another podcast, um, but we did <laughs> we did kind of cover that in the default strategy. So, one of the things that we speak about here at our company is the 19 sources of retirement income. Um, we have a guide that's on our website. Go to www.smallwoodwealth.com and download it for free. Um, it starts talking about all sorts of different income sources. Uh, probably some things that you haven't even thought of. Some other ones that are pretty common. But that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of retirement income sources, right? And this relates back to the default strategy that we've been talking about for the last couple of podcasts. So, you know, that whole default strategy is, is basically limiting yourself, right? I'm, I'm kind of stuck uh, with just a few sources of retirement income. So, you know, while you're building the plan, it, it's always better while building the plan to have and, and try to create these different sources of income, right? And that's how you get to that spot, right? This just doesn't happen, right? You don't get 19 sources, which is a lot. And I don't I don't know if I know too many clients with all 19 sources, but it really entails sometimes repositioning some assets and doing some different things, right? And again, getting away from that default mentality, right, that we've been discussing so much. You know, I think part of the reason why that happens too is we get focused on numbers and goals and then we tie ourselves up like almost something to not like we're fearful. And like this is the only way I can do this is because again, I'm I'm being kind of opinion and bias has kind of creeped in and some of those wonderful marketing <laughs> gets to all of us. So imagine 19 potential sources of income. That happens with good planning. Will you have all 19? Probably not. Like I said, I don't know if I've seen anybody with all 19, but what happens if you had eight or 10 potential sources versus the three that are in the default strategy? I mean, that you're way ahead of the game if that's where you're positioned, right? This is always easier to do prior to retirement. We have to get a little bit more creative when in retirement and, and that can be limiting, right? Because um, sometimes I need time to enact some of these potential sources of income. So just something to keep in the back of your mind. The idea always here is having flexibility and options. These are potential sources of income. I like to say it this way. Consider it like levers. When I turn a lever on, I'm turning on another income stream. If I have eight or 10, I could potentially turn on. Maybe I want all 10 on. Maybe I need all 10 on because I have such a big lifestyle. But what happens is the idea here is what what's the economic environment like? You know, what is the tax environment like? What about estate planning with my assets? What do I want to use maybe first above others? Or if the economy's changing or the economic environment's changing and taxes are changing and what levers do I potentially want to turn on and turn off? You know, going back to the default strategy, there's not much I can do. I need all, I need all two or three levers turned on, right? So, and again, this only happens with yeah, you got to plan this stuff out. And sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Maybe you haven't been exposed to some of these. So again, download the guide, you know, take a quick read. Maybe something will hit you on there that, that you didn't think of. Now you've heard me say it. I said it just a few minutes, about 30 seconds ago. This is all about flexibility and options. 
we tend to paint ourselves in the corner way too often. And I think this is not necessarily your fault. I think it's due to the opinion and bias that's out there and the marketing that gets bombarded on us. And, you know, you just get trapped, right? So, and I've been, this is all about getting out of the trap. These last two or three podcasts are probably, I'm trying to get you to kind of open that mind up and think a little differently, all right? So getting out of that default mentality, it takes strategy, right? Strategy is how do we use different financial products to optimize our financial plan? It's just a coordination of these different things, whether it's a retirement account or non-retirement account or you know, other financial vehicles out there. How do we how do we integrate these things? How do they coordinate amongst each other? Right. And that's here we go. Here we got eight or ten levers. And how do I coordinate pulling what lever at what time? It's it's really that simple. If you're working with somebody, that's great. These are the kind of conversations you should be having with your financial professional. This is the kind of conversations I have with my clients and, and, and my partner does too. We're both certified financial planners. It's We come at this from a strategy standpoint. The things that we end up implementing are a byproduct of that strategy. It's never, oh, let me take a product and make it work for my plan. No, the plan is the plan. And then we take things that work in our plan. Right. So I don't know what's going to work until I actually understand how I'm building this plan out, how I want. And everybody's situation is unique. Always remember that. Sometimes we ask for advice from different people, whether it's family members, people we respect. But everybody's situation is unique. Don't ever think differently. So be careful about getting the advice. Sometimes you need that independent advice. Doesn't mean you have to work with somebody. Listen, I I think it's better if you do. But uh, there's plenty of information out there. There's plenty of things. I think you'd be better served working with somebody, but that's truly up to you. It doesn't mean you have to. So I want to change this up a little bit for this podcast because uh, I felt like the last couple podcasts, I gave you a lot of some information, but I, I kind of held back a little bit. So I decided to let's talk about some actionable items for the end of the year. So we, you know, we're talking about retirement and retirement planning and retirement income, but you know, how do we get there is a, a really big, important part to this. So I thought, well, to the end of the year, let's talk about goals, right? So the, and I'm going to give you a few things that I would like you to do, take on to try and get to this retirement planning scenario and hopefully maybe working toward getting some extra levers in your life to pull on for retirement income when you get there. So number one, let's take time over the next couple of weeks to go over what your cash flow was for the last year. So how much income you made, what the expenses were that went out. You can do this with a yellow pad. If you're so inclined, there's people who love technology. There's all sorts of things out there, you know, not promoting it. There's quick and e-money, all those different, you know, cash management programs. If you have one, great, use it. Even some of our banking software, if you're online with a bank, they've got a lot of tools that you can use in there. The the most important thing is let's understand what the cash flow was for the year, what we brought in, if I save money, what the expenses out. Once you have that, let's go to number two is let's set some short-term goals. And short-term goals are one to three-year goals. And I want you to write all this down, okay? Or type it into your computer, whatever, whatever you like. And... I want you to write down these short-term goals, maybe savings, you know, how much you want to save for the next year, 
things that you want to do. It doesn't always have to be about money. It could be about personal items, you know, personal growth, right? So write down these as many short-term goals as you want, one to three-year goals. Again, most important thing is writing them down, okay? Number three is we're going to go to long-term goals. Long-term goals are going to be those five, 10, 15-year goals, maybe even a little longer if you want to go out that far. It could be about employment. It could be income. That, the income could be the short-term goals, but employment, family, trips, again, whatever you want. What, what do you see yourself? Maybe you see yourself living in another house or apartment or a different part of the country. Maybe you want to have kids. Maybe you don't want to have kids. So write down everything is super important. Write it down. Okay, and I'll explain it. Reason why you write down these goals because I'll, number four is I want you to write down what it's going to take to attain the short-term goals and what the obstacles are to getting to them. Okay. Now the short-term goal may reflect onto your long-term goals, and if you want to write down, you want to do the same thing for the long-term goals is. You know, what are the obstacles to doing it and how to do it, okay? Sometimes if you're doing the short terms, it'll lead you to the long terms, but I would encourage that you do both and see how the exercise goes for you, okay? And then number five, look at what you wrote down every quarter, okay? Look at the short terms, look at the long terms. You're probably going to be focusing more on the short terms just to keep the long term in your mind, okay? How are you doing to your goals, what you are doing is you're making yourself accountable, okay? I promise you, if you do this exercise, A, you'll feel better, okay? Because you'll be in the know. Your plan will be better. Maybe you aren't getting to where you want, but at least you're aware. That's probably just as important. <laughs> if you, I said you're in the know, you'll be aware. Same thing, right? So I know. I'm asking a lot of you, okay? I'm asking you to actually think about this stuff and write it down and put it down. And some of you may be really diligent and already done this. Well, if you did, just go back over it then. You're, you're ahead of the curve here. Get it? See that pun? But I can tell you for most people that I've seen, they spend more time planning vacations than they do working on their financial lives or financial plans. So I am going to ask you for a little bit of time Probably the setup right now is more of the time that's going to be needed because you have to go through your cash flow and make sure you look at those numbers. And you need a baseline, right? If you don't go through the cash flow, you don't have a baseline to now set up your short-term and long-term goals. That's why it's number one, okay? Once you do that, the quarterly reviews and put it on your calendar, put it in your smartphone, whatever it is, put a reminder, hey, I need to sit down this weekend and go over my goals, all right? And just be in the know. And by the way, I just gave you your first short-term goal. Your first short-term goal is to set up your plan for the year. You're welcome. It isn't hard. Start out simple. Don't make it super complicated, especially if you're new at doing this. Maybe you've done it in different variations or just never did it. Just keep it simple. Keep it. Don't complicate it. As you get into this, you might, you'll start getting a little bit more detail. You start getting a little more sophisticated with what you're trying to accomplish, okay? The reason why I'm asking you to do this is if you want to jump the curve, it's going to take some effort. Not tons, but some. So with that, as always, I want to say thank you to my Curve Jumping Nation. I truly, truly appreciate you took time out of your day 
to listen to the podcast. Remember, it's your time, your plan, you stay in control. Until next time, be well and be safe. Want to find out how you can jump the wealth curve? Connect with Ed now at smallwoodwealth.com. Jumping the Wealth Curve is brought to you by Edward Bow, an investment advisor representative of Smallwood Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives, and it's not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action, as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including, but not limited to, any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements.